This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1986. I'm your host, Jeff Alton, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome to Sunday. I think this is going to be the last of these long weekend interviews from Job Search Radio. I'm going to release for a while. And this one, I really enjoyed at the time I recorded it. My guest is Chip Lumen, who has been an HR startup specialist for many, many years. And at the time I introduced, uh, interviewed him, I should say, for Job Search Radio, he was the CEO and co-founder of HireVue. And I was just mesmerized by some of the things he said. Now, we all know now some of the issues that show up with these systems, but in the meantime, they it was fabulous. It was great to get this sort of insider perspective on the product, and um, I just want to share it with you today. Hope you find it helpful. We're on the countdown to episode 2000, and now let's get going, okay? We'll be back in just one moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I remember the first time I was introduced to the notion of video as part of the job search. It was the 1980s. And someone sent me a VHS tape of them reading their resume in front of a blue screen. Now, this is a senior IT guy, about 70 pounds overweight, uh, and he's reading to me from his resume. Boring. Horrible. The one good thing that came out of it was at one point uh, I was – Uh, investigated by the Internal Revenue Service and was able to demonstrate that that video equipment was used for a good purpose. Now, let's also fast track into the 90s, or late 90s, I'd say, when applicant tracking systems start to show up on the landscape for job hunters. Now, applicant tracking systems initially seem like a good thing. After all, People were mailing resumes to employers. Their resumes were getting lost, though they were getting faxed to the employer, and you know the fax machines would run out of paper, yada, yada, yada. So here we are, fast-forwarding further, and no one likes applicant tracking systems. You, know, you hate them, I'm sure. I know I hate them. Uh, I hate them both as the recipient of resumes through them And I hate them when my clients kind of block me from communicating with them through the applicant tracking system um, and turning it into the black hole for both you and I. So what I decide to do is bring on a guest today whose name is Chip Lumen. And Chip is the COO and co-founder of HireVue, a firm that's created a solution to solve some of these problems for us. And what's cool is Chip's firm, and Chip's product, HireVue, uh, is the HR product of the year uh, for the, I believe it's the fourth year running uh, at the HR Tech Conference. So, Chip, welcome. Thank you for making time to, to speak with my audience. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. And uh, we've had a couple of gaps in there, but we have won those awards yeah, um, off and on. And, and we've won for our Insights product this year, which is a, 
a big data solution that maybe we'll talk about a little bit later. Terrific. So when job hunters are getting trapped in the applicant tracking system as it exists today, what's going on that's blocking them from actually communicating with employers? Well, so the applicant tracking system is, is there's a set of algorithms and there are criteria that, that the employers who are setting up can create to really screen through if you have the skills for the job. And there's there's been a lot of things written out there about um, you can game the system. Uh, there's a whole industry of people, you know, helping people write resumes to get through the applicant tracking system. And so the problem is you get a job description. Somebody's understands that that's how the system works. They write their resume to match keywords, they get through. If you don't understand that, you might not get through, you, even though you might be the best person for the job. So let's look at HireVue and the kind of solution it and similar products try to offer and help people understand how the applicant tracking system is in the process of changing with, with these add-on products. Yeah, so at the core, there's there's government requirements, right, to keep track of who's applied, um, and people's racial backgrounds, um, their their gender, et cetera, for um, EEO reporting. And ATSs do a great job of capturing that data. Um, but as I kind of alluded to, they don't do a really good job of always getting the right people matched up for an interview. And so what what the digital interviewing process does is is we recognize that people are more than a piece of paper. Right? People are stories. People have things to share about their experience that they can convey differently than what might be a bullet point on a resume. And so while we do partner with many ATSs as through their process people come in, um, we do have ways also for organizations to have people take a video interview even before applying. And what we do is we allow you to tell your story. Um, and it's a structured interview. Everybody gets the same process. And so for candidates, uh, there's a couple really big benefits. And I'm talking about um, an asynchronous process, which is simple as thinking about your DVR. You want to watch a show, you record it, you go back and watch it at a time that's convenient to you. You can take an interview when it's convenient. And what we find, as you would expect, most of the people that take interviews for the companies that use our product do it outside of work hours when it's convenient to them, so they don't have to make up a story while they're missing work. You know, meet a recruiter's day, daytime hours, um, they can do it at night, 10 o'clock after they've put the kids to bed and, and, and that kind of thing. So it's convenient. And then it's fair because everybody's getting the same set of questions. So you don't have to worry that the person that was on the phone before you got to talking about their favorite football team, and then that's what they and the, and the hiring manager ended up talking about, not not the actual job. So. That's what we drive is a more fair and convenient process. It sounds like what someone's able to do is, number one, schedule an appointment, quote, unquote, at a time that's convenient for them rather than when the phone happens to ring. And number two is ensure that there's a standardized interviewing process, which I know to job hunters sounds tedious and boring, but in point of fact, it's far superior than the kind of whims that I know my, some of my old clients used to do when they were interviewing. Um, you know, based upon one answer, they start going down a particular rabbit hole uh, to investigate further versus just being able to screen on the facts as presented to them as answers to questions. Very Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, and what we encourage employers to do is let people do that right when they apply. So, you know, you kind of talked about that scheduling, which you get to schedule, right? You get a link. They ask you to do it within a couple of days. 
But really the optimal thing is, is when you're in there actually designing, hey, I'm interested, well, answer those questions right then and there. Now, this assumes, of course, that someone is appropriately attired to do an interview. Uh, I can't imagine what it's like to have someone in a T-shirt doing interviews uh, unless you're interviewing with a startup organization for which that's an appropriate attire for, for the occasion. <laughs> right. Well, that's – you so, know, we, we – oh, go ahead. Now, please, you, you're my guest. Please. Yeah, well, no, I was going to say, yeah, I – we have some blooper reels, and we don't show those publicly, but we encourage people on our website, our employers encourage them to treat it, like you said, professionally. But you would be surprised with some people who have shown up in interviews, although I've got stories back, you know, I, I still remember campus interviewing. I had a guy show up in, you know, uh, cut-off jean shorts, a ripped T-shirt, uh, and this was for an engineering job. Um, and I, we were just kind of shocked that he walked into the campus thing looking like that, so... I guess it doesn't matter whether it's in person or video. Some people just don't have good judgment sometimes. Bingo. So, so true. And I have to assume, and please correct me about this if I'm mistaken, for those of you who are not – I'm doing this show in the United States. Uh, for those of you who might not be U.S.-born and thus might be arriving here with an accent that is not typical for the United States, you might be fearful that there's – communication issues might come up, that employers might become intolerant of, quote, the accent that you have and adversely evaluate you on that basis. I somehow suspect this kind of cuts through that because they're dealing with standardized questions that allow you to really shine for what you know rather than that social chit-chat stuff. Oh, I, absolutely. I, yeah. And, and – and, you know the scenario you describe is a poorly trained manager, right? Who's who's allowing something else to influence their decision, and the value of this process is because it's recorded and stored. Multiple people can evaluate that content, and oftentimes that's what organizations do: is when they find good candidates, they ask other people to come in and review those candidates. Again, getting the value of that time shift, right? When it's convenient, but the scenario you just painted kind of drives out that bias that one person may have. Uh, and to the positive side, since we have multinational um, and, and, and folks, uh, companies outside of the U.S. as well, European-based and Asian-based companies, um, this actually bridges the, the language gap because you may be able to do the interview in your native language. Then they've got somebody who can review that in the language if, if you're not being required to speak Spanish or uh, Chinese or something. Right? It actually helps bridge language gap for global hiring because, again, because it's recorded, you can have somebody else doing that review that may not necessarily you know, need to be multi or, or you know, multilingual. So it's actually a, a great benefit for, for folks um, outside of the U.S. And, and thinking in a more global work, workforce. Beautiful. And, folks, we'll be back with more from Chip Lumen in just a moment. But first I want to provide you with my job search insider tip for this show. And this tip is about dealing with an offer that you suspect is not going to exactly be at the right price for you. So my encouragement is before you just, you know, go off the handle, take a deep breath, listen to the proposal, and then start off by asking yourself two questions. Number, the first question is, what do I really need to get from this firm in terms of salary, benefits, um, you know, any sort of perk that would cause you to say yes. 
And number two is I always encourage people, review the original reasons why you decided to look for a position. If you start to see an intersection where this all works, well, you're going to be closer to doing the, the deal than you might think initially. It also gives you a framework with which you can go back to the employer and speak with them uh, about improving the offer. So you're clear about what you're willing to take and not willing to take. and can make a good decision at the end of the negotiation. So that's my tip for this show. Let's come back to Chip and continue our conversation about video interviewing. So the product is wonderful, quite obviously, uh, in that it really solves a huge headache for employers, and I have to roll candor say for job hunters as well, because you get to show your stuff and not be judged by the piece of paper unnecessarily. So now we come to the part of showing your stuff and what someone can do to prepare for a video interview once it's that time. Now, we obviously can't give them all the questions that employers ask. That would be ridiculous. The list is enormous, I'm sure. But how can someone get themselves ready for a video interview, Chip? Well, so if you think specifically about video, because as you, you alluded to, there's a lot of material out there, this show, uh, you know, other things that help you get ready for an interview. And, and the video interview is not any different other than you're being recorded on camera. Uh, you can take video interviews uh, on your, your, your Mac, your PC, also mobile. And you know, we've got a site, uh, a place on our website that gives you tips, obviously dress professional, about pacing, about presentation. But the reality is, Get on your mobile phone. You can record a video, turn that camera towards yourself, and just practice uh, answering questions. And, you know, there are, there are the basic questions you can find out there, right? Uh, you know, tell me about a, a, a challenge you had at work and how you overcame it. Just take a question, practice, watch yourself back and forth. You, you can do that with your own tools. Do that with your webcam on your computer. Our product allows you, once you get into test and make sure everything's working, whether that's mobile or on, on the computer, cameras working, microphones the right level, we let you do a practice test uh, question as many times as you want. I encourage everybody to do that. Once you've gotten your environment, professional looking place, do it in your office, do it with a blank wall behind you. If, if you're in an apartment, right, find a place that doesn't show your bedroom or your dirty laundry in the background. Think about what's behind there, but practice and do that till you get comfortable with the actual process. Um, because in our process, in, in what we call the on-demand, uh, employers give you a 30 seconds to maybe a minute to prepare once they give a question, or they might ask you to watch something. Then you're going to get two or three minutes to respond, and you don't get to redo it. It's just like a real interview. It's just like if somebody's asking you those questions you know, in real time. So that's my best tip is practice. Everybody has access to video. I mean, it's, everybody's putting it on YouTube putting it up on Instagram, those kind of things. Um, get comfortable with the process so that when the questions come, you're focusing on the question, not the camera. So you're saying most answers need to be structured for two to three minutes uh, in the higher view process. Did I hear that correct? Yeah, well, and, and employers can set those lengths, um, and that's why you want to practice because that sounds short, but actually in real life, you and I are, are you know, going back and forth at probably 15 to 30-second responses. Um, three minutes is a long time to talk, um, and they don't require you to talk that long. Um, but, yeah, you, you usually will be told how long you have to respond. So think, 
be concise and answer in that, that allotted time. And as much as we want to be concise and, of course, answer within the allotted time, uh, folks don't freak out and say, oh, my God, I've got to get this done in three minutes and start foaming at the mouth with anxiety so that you're done in 15 seconds. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, the reverse can be a problem, too, where your answer is so short that they start rejecting you pretty early because in your hysteria, you hurt yourself. That's right. why the practice that Chip is recommending is just so important uh, so that you can feel a degree of ease with yourself. Um, you know, again, they're trying to hire a solution to a problem, and you're trying to get yourself in the door to be able to demonstrate it further. So you just want to come across like a pro that sets them at ease and doesn't cause them to hesitate, right? Absolutely. So in preparing someone, you know, to get, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, once they've done the interview, what does HireVue do with the interview? How does it start to think about the application? Um, what, is, what do customers have access to through your system uh, that takes the process further? Yeah, there, there, are, there are a couple of different uh, ways that, that customers use the system. Again, I, I, I use that analogy of your DVR at home. So you've recorded 10 shows um, from your favorite series, and you go in there and you'll see those 10 shows, and you could pick number four, or you could go back to the beginning and watch it in sequence. Recruiters and hiring managers have the same thing. They get a list of all the candidates that have applied for that job, and then they can watch sequentially all the uh, questions that you've been asked and hear your answers. Or they might go to you know, question number four and listen to every single candidate's response to question number four. So they get a lot of uh, flexibility on how they're assessing and, and listening to the content. And you know, as you alluded to earlier about you know, kind of presenting yourself, this is where we see the power of, of the product. Because you, you may put on your resume, I delivered a 20% increase in productivity over the last year. And everybody gets what that number means. But now you get the opportunity to explain how. You know, I was able to put this project team together, and we did X, Y, Z, and this is how we did this, and we collaborated, and, and I won an award for it. Right? That's the way you want to think about your questions, and that's what employers are looking for uh, inside of the product. So this is why it's powerful, because instead of doing one phone screen, maybe two, three, four, you answer once, three, four, five people get to review your responses, and then that next step is they would engage with a live video interview. So now I've decided you're one of our top candidates instead of asking you to take time off of work, maybe drive across town and come see us or fly in. We can do it via video. And again, that's recorded and I can collaborate. So that when they actually do say it's time to come into our office, well, now it's about actually do we like each other, is a place I want to work. Back to your tip in the middle there, now we're getting into negotiations, right? Um, that's the power of what's happening on the other side with the, with the content. Very sweet. Question for you. Does the system analyze responses as well and make recommendations based upon the responses, or is it left to uh, the client purely as a human decision? Well, that, that's our new product. That's HireVue Insights, which is uh, a machine learning approach that actually analyzes the responses that our candidates give. And, um, you know, if you think about it, and there's a whole you know, industrial and organizational psychology and a lot of science around, as you alluded to, structured interviews, how you rate, et cetera. If you think about what we do, 
it, it takes what you say, it then looks at who rates people, and it correlates to who picks the right people that get hired and actually do a good job, to put it into kind of simple terms. And once the system understands how you respond to questions, the kind of things that you do and talk about, the projects and, and the words you use, and looks at that performance and hiring decision, it does get to a point to say, look, we've interviewed a 1,000 people for this job. We know based on what a person says in the interview, their likelihood of being able to join the team and be successful. Very much different than a resume, which is just matching keywords to a job description. This actually starts to get into when I say I did those things and I executed on these things, and I compare to other people who said similar things and got hired and then did well, that's how it works. And there's a whole, I got a big data scientist. He confuses me sometimes with the math he's doing and the algorithms. But if you think about the way Amazon, Pandora, a lot of these recommendation engines work, it, it's a similar kind of concept. And so the power is, I'm sorry, please. Well, I would say the power is 10,000 people might apply for a job, and in today's world, they're going to call the first 100 or 200 people. In this scenario, if all 10,000 people take an on-demand interview, number 9,322 is probably is the right person, and the system will say, talk to this person first instead of dialing through 9,000 people, which no company does, which we all know the black hole, and that's the problem of the ATS and not enough resources. So you could be the last person to apply, but the first person to get spoken to with this system. And what it's doing, I, I just want to make sure everyone understands it, uh, is analyzing the responses to questions in the system, making comparisons with previous hires in order to determine likelihood of success. So in this model, if the previous hire was mediocre, they, it can recognize that and try to improve uh, over that, the previous selection process, right? That's what it does. It's it's machine learning, and, and it'll be they responded this way. The hiring manager either said yes or no, and in that situation, oftentimes there might have been three yeses and two noes, right? And so the person moved through. But then it does say, and we'll look at their performance in you know first 90 days of the year, and and it'll learn over time. And then also everybody in the system starts to see, okay, who's – it would say who's a good uh, selector of talent and who's not. So um, hiring managers who, who really aren't good, who may let some of those things get in the way like you talked about earlier, they get taken out of the process for either more training or they might not get the privilege of hiring uh, going forward. I know I've had so many clients in the past – with, who have interviewers, who have hiring managers, who are just awful and arbitrary and uh, unresponsive throughout the process. And I know as a search professional, I've gotten blamed many times why jobs are open for so long. And yeah, I have a search, I have an example of a search going on right now. Uh, I was asked to work on this search in Houston, identified someone within three days who was a home run. Um, a week later, I finally got a message from him saying they want to schedule. Uh, two days later, he walks in the door. It's two weeks later. I'm waiting for a response. Yeah. <laughs> Help me understand this. So, well, and that's I, – I heard a, a story from an HR professional who said back in the 80s, as you talked about when, you know, when, when a lot of this started, uh, about Procter & Gamble, that it was a privilege to be on the hiring team. 
and they selected people and they tracked them and and only people who were good at hiring had that privilege and then when the applicant tracking system came about and technology came about something shifted that said every hiring manager had the right to make hiring decisions and it's a skill and if you only do it once or twice a year you may not be very good at it um, and our system actually helps kind of move past that right and get to the point of we'll help do the selection on skills and fit you worry about closing the deal and getting that candidate on board and making sure that they also understand what it's like to work for you I remember uh, I had a guest on this show early on who said very succinctly, when you arrive for the interview, their first reaction is not great. <laughs> I'm well prepared for this one. They go, who can I get to do this for me? I've got work to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, so, and that's right. And And this, again, if you choose to opt out, somebody else may look and go, what are you, crazy? Why didn't you take the time with this person? That's right. So if, if an applicant is preparing for an interview created by HireVue, it sounds like the first thing that they need to do is rehearse being in front of a camera and developing a degree of comfort in front of a camera in order to prepare well. Number two is to start thinking in a concise manner, two to three minutes, about role responsibilities, accomplishments, if you're in IT, the technology utilized, uh, money saved, money earned, and how you went about doing stuff. And start to formulate answers to what might be pretty predictable questions. I don't presume that um, you know your clients use standard questions in these things. Um, and there's a point where they might go into some detail about your skills and successes that you need to have stories for to be able to communicate effectively in two to three minutes about some of your successes. Are there other things that a job hunter could do to prepare for the higher view video interview? Yeah, I would. I would also recommend you. Have, you know, you have good notes around those stories, right? And some some have your data and your facts at hand. Um, you don't get that benefit in a live interview. You may say, hey, let me look at my resume, but you do have the ability to have your content right there. So um, have it in front of you. Uh, you get the opportunity to kind of, you know, glance down and, and have it reinforced. That's another thing that I would recommend doing. Um, and, and there are multiple types of questions that, that also can be in these, so it's not all video-based. You might be asked to write an essay. You mentioned, you know, for IT and engineers, we have coding challenges, and so you can uh, be asked to write a piece of code. Uh, and then oftentimes what they'll do is they'll follow that up with a question that says, you had two or three choices of how you could have written that code. Why did you choose the one that you did? And in there, they're trying to get at your thinking and your strategy. Um, so also be prepared to, to know that you might, might have to do uh, some of those types of responses as well. It doesn't sound like your mother's interview. It sounds like a much more, much more probing interview to allow a firm to do early screening beyond the resume. Am I hearing that correctly? Oh yeah, and, and you started out with your story about the the video resume on VHS. Um, right when we started, video resumes were something that were about. They thought it was going to be a new industry, but no one has time to listen for eight minutes to see if you say something that they want to hear. This specifically is asking you things that you know the employer wants to know, can you do these in our workforce? And uh, that's what makes it a, a much better process than just kind of go out and telling your stories random willy-nilly that um, 
you know, people may or may not want to hear. There's an associate working for a Wall Street firm. Um, I won't mention his name because I don't want to raise that subject for him on, on Google yet again, but I think he destroyed the entire video uh, resume business with his animated video that included him doing ballroom dancing uh, and uh, karate. <laughs> so, I, I know the one you're talking about. You are right. <laughs> destroyed an entire industry with one video. He helped us out, but again, this is all about really hearing – about what people have to say about the job. And, and you know, I'll, I'll add the last point is we track NEC promoter score and satisfaction, and we've had over 170,000 candidates. I, I know it's actually higher than that. That's my latest number, respond. Um, across the board, our net promoter score is in the 50s, which for anybody that, that doesn't know, that's extremely high. And satisfaction runs in the 90% with this whole process. So um, it's candidate friendly. Candidates love it. It respects them and their time, and that's that's really the ultimate value here. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways to optimize your job search and get better results. First of all, visit my website, thebiggamehunter.us. Go to the blog and go exploring. There's just a lot there to help you in the blog. And if you want to take my class on interviewing, it's called the Ultimate Job Interview Framework. It's available on Udemy. Uh, it's U-D-E-M-Y. Or you can just use this link, thebiggamehunter.us forward slash interviews and order my class there. It's very inexpensive. Like 12 bucks if you're a new Udemy user, 19.99 if you're an existing one. In addition, it's now available as a Kindle book or as a paperback on Amazon. You can order the book there if you prefer a different format. And as a paperback, I think it's 6.99 as a Kindle book, it's 2.99. So again, very inexpensive. Obviously, I'd love to help you with coaching. At my website, you can schedule time for coaching with me or schedule a free discovery call. And if you just have a couple of questions for me, go to thebiggamehunter.us forward slash live, and you can schedule 15 minutes with me or thebiggamehunter.us forward slash interviews. And what you're able to do is um, ask a question and get a response back with a three to five minute video. I'll be back soon with more. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great!